Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, uh, joined by Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com, also the author of Thinking Texas Football 2023. Uh, Paul, each and every year you put out your preseason guide. It is a must read. Uh, tell folks how you can get it. It's time, baby. Uh, the 11th annual Longhorn Football Prospectus, Thinking Texas Football. Uh, the most comprehensive preview of the Texas Longhorns. Every member of this soon-to-be-dearly-departed Big 12, Bobby, as well as our non-conference opponents. It's also got a ton of other enrichment stuff. I wrote some pretty good essays, I think, on helping to explain and understand modern offense and modern defense, how to tell what the numbers even mean anymore. Uh, also, great recruiting feature from our guest, our buddy Eric Nalin. He was kind enough to break down the excellent 2023 class, which is already proving out. And then uh, amazing photography by Will Gallagher from Gallagher Studios. Just phenomenally talented guy. And he has been gracious enough to provide really great photos. So if you're interested in buying, you go to Amazon. You can buy the paperback. If you want to buy the e-versions, go to Apple. Or you can go to an independent publisher called Smashwords. And Smashwords is compatible with any format. So if you've got a Kindle, if you've got an iPad, if you want to read it on your desktop, Smashwords is a great place to buy it. All right. Uh, it's very interesting because I read the uh, preamble, as it were, to your book uh, today, uh, and it actually ties in with something that happened on Thursday. Uh, Paul and I are here, obviously, for our Saturday conversation each and every week. Paul and I get together and uh, talk a little bit of Texas football and uh, other uh, aspects of the program. Uh, the reason that one of the things we want to talk about today happened on Wednesday, or uh, when uh, Big 12 uh, excuse me, Thursday, when Big 12 Deputy Commissioner Tim Weiser made the comment that Texas, uh, Paul, would rather lose to Iowa State and Kansas State, no, would rather lose to Alabama and Florida than Kansas State and Iowa State. I I was pretty upset about that comment because it just showed a complete misunderstanding of what Texas is all about. And I this is a guy that's been – the COO of the Big 12, Paul, since 2008. He's not new to the game. He was the AD at Kansas State from 2000, I think, 1 to 2007. Yet he still has no clue what Texas is about. No wonder it's been such a dysfunctional relationship. Not only does he not have a clue of his own shareholders, and in fact, the dominant shareholder that pays for the entire league, this guy doesn't understand lemonade stand level economics. My nine-year-old son, I could explain the structure of the Big 12 to him in three minutes with a crayon and a Big Chief tablet, and he would have a better comprehension than Tim Weiser. This, this guy, he gets, his, he gets his marketing and business acumen from Budweiser. This guy is an absolute moron, and he's sitting there in his paisley tie and his men's warehouse jacket that his wife picked out for him in Prairie Fashion Magazine. And he's standing there just uttering inanities. He doesn't even understand his own shareholders. He doesn't understand what drives the league. He doesn't understand that Kansas State got a 30 up to $40 million contract when at, at its height because they're affiliated with Texas. You don't have to write us a thank you note. You don't have to not try your hardest when you play Texas on the field. By all means, horns down, try to beat our ass. That's the job. But I don't want to hear your backbiting. I don't want to sound like Jack Nicholson here and a few good men, but 
I don't want to hear you backbiting the very cloth and the very cloth and security that we provide you and whining about it. Like we, you're living at home, guy. We're paying for your meals and your rent. Be quiet. Know your role. And, and it just shows you that's not just bitterness, Bobby. That, re that reveals a fundamental lack of understanding of the dynamics of the Big 12. And the question is not why is Texas leaving the Big 12? The question is what took us so long? And, and I agree with you. That's one of the things you hit on in the essay that I thought was so uh, straight up uh, good. And the only reason they did is because Texas signed a contract that made them do that. Yes. Otherwise, they would have been gone well before this. Let's just be well, clear. And Bobby, to, to not bury the lead here, but my opening essay is entitled, Hello, SEC, Good Riddance, Big 12. And it addresses exactly this mindset that you saw on Wednesday. Exactly. And I'm getting private messages and emails from people saying, did you write that after this guy made the comments and then put it in the preview? No, I wrote it a week before because that's the zeitgeist. That's what's going on in the Big 12. And if you want to understand why Texas is out of here, the number one reason is market-driven decisions. Let's be clear about that. But the number two reason, the thing that could have halted it, Bobby, is if you had built in the Big 12 a real sense of camaraderie, a partnership, of shared understanding of the dynamics of the league. And there are multiple teams in the league, not all of them, but multiple teams in the league, as exemplified by this gentleman at Kansas State, uh, who was at least trained to think this way at Kansas State, that they never got it, they never wanted to get it, and they're so small time, they're so parochial in their thinking that they'll never get it. You know what, Bobby? I got to say, Leon Lett is a happy man today. You know why? He's still the smartest man to ever graduate from Emporia State. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Paul Wadlington. I thought I went off the other day. Uh, Paul, you know, here's my my point on it. And you mentioned the, the few good men, and they don't know that, that they're actually the ones doing the work. And if you don't want to hear the truth, you can't handle the truth. Right. Type of scenario. My, my thought on this is even deeper because this is a guy that's supposed to be representing the whole league. Right. Yeah. And for him to say that it means that to your point, his the number one team in his league, whether not necessarily from a sports football perspective each and every year, we know that Texas has been down for a decade. In that time well, frame, Texas has still won a Sugar Bowl. And, you know, from a sports perspective, a broad sports perspective, the number one team in your league. Right. But I'm talking about just football. from a football perspective. You're right. OK. My, my point to it is he's the COO. So to my understanding, referees, look, you know, roll up to him. Marketing yeah. office rolls up to him. All of that stuff. Th this is just it. it makes zero sense to me why you would have that sort of attitude in let from the from the head office right bob bowlsby was the commissioner but bob bowlsby is more of a figurehead you and i know that that's what yes. these uh, conference commissioners largely are now with your mark your market uh, big 12 i think he's more of a salesman right i don't think he's necessarily a bridge builder right he doesn't so yeah, my, my point being in all of this, the other guys are the ones that are left to really run the league. And if that is being, if that's the CEO or COO of that corporation of the Big 12, that permeates throughout the rest of it. I mean, that, well, that's, that's the problem. It, it trickles down. 
beyond the attitudinal piece, which is key and that you hit upon beautifully in your rant the other day, uh, let's talk about the facts. Let's talk about the objective facts. The fact is, Bobby, there's not a single individual on the Texas Longhorn football team who's ever lost to Kansas State right now. That includes sixth-year player Christian Jones. Texas has beat Kansas State six in a row. So, yeah, I hope to beat Alabama six in a row. Sounds good to me. Sign me up. Uh, we do have a record historically with Iowa State. That record is we're 15-5 and five against them all time. Uh, if you went to Emporia State, that's 75% of our games. So <laughs> I think the facts of it were, were wrong. Uh, would we rather lose in 20 contests? Would we rather lose five times to Florida than to Iowa State? Yeah, probably, I guess. It wasn't guess. the impetus for us to move, though. For, yeah, for I mean, Texas to move. To move. It doesn't even mean anything. It's babble. It's a, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express sort of tone. He's saying it in this very serious, uh, halting way as if it's gravitas. And I'm, I'm a bureaucrat with, with investment and time. What a mediocrity. What, what an utter, utter exposure of a clueless elite, right? Just a guy who doesn't understand any of this. And he's small time. This isn't, you know, a detached Harvard guy who's off in uh, La La Land. This is a guy who has a, a psychology degree from Emporia State, and he rose up the bureaucracy at athletic departments. And he doesn't even understand how they work. It's, let, me, let me get into another aspect here, Bobby. Um, this guy ran off Bill Snyder. The greatest turnaround coach in the history of college football. Name me a better one. Okay. An amazing football coach. He created Kansas State football. Ergo, he created this guy's job. He ran him off. And you know, he hired Bobby. Ron, Ron Prince. <laughs> a clown. A clown. And this guy's babbling about, well, they'd rather lose to uh, an Alabama than uh, Kansas State. Well, I haven't lost to Kansas State in six years, buddy. So I kind of forgot what that feels like. Uh, but when you run off the Bill Snyders of the world, you certainly put your program in the dirt. And then do we think the timing of his departure and Snyder's return, was that coincidental? Th no. This guy was in the process of extending Ron Prince right before he left Kansas State. That's a fact. So this guy can't even mind his own knitting. He doesn't even know how to run an athletic department. So let me, let me also give him a little demographic reality, Bobby. And this is something that you don't hear covered in the media. You don't hear talked about enough because Texas fans just roll their eyes because they've just learned to accept the stupid narrative, right? Texas is greedy. Oh, poor Big 12. Texas revenue shares with a group of schools who are by and large, the vast majority of them, net drains on revenue, okay? Kansas, the state of, has 2.9 million people, okay? Oklahoma has 4 million people. Guess the number one school in Oklahoma. I, I don't care. We're Texas Longhorns. We don't necessarily cape for the Sooners. They're the number one school in that state. It's not even debatable. And to, to call them, by the way, a reluctant bride, OU is one of the greatest programs in the history of college football, Bobby. <laughs> There, we, we dragged the poor OU. We, we kidnapped them. They wanted to stay in the Big 12. The OU's won the Big 12 14 times. They're, they're delighted to come with us. The only thing OU was leery about was their buyout. They're like, uh, we don't know if we can cover this. And then we figured out a way. So Iowa State, Iowa, by the way, 
3.2 million people, Bobby. Iowa State's the number two school in Iowa. Hate to break it to everybody. Uh, West Virginia, 1.76 million. You add up the non-Texas schools in the Big 12, it adds up to 11 million people. The two most populous states of that 11 million, it's the number two school in that state. So let me give another reality check. You're bringing in these new schools. Wonderful. What happened in Cincinnati in 2021, Bobby? Do you remember? I don't. Oh, they went to the college football playoff. They went to the playoff. They went 13-1. and one. It's the greatest football team in Cincinnati history in modern times. Do you know if they were ranked in TV viewership that year, Bobby? 66. Okay, so I picked their best year. 66. You know what they were last year? Don't look it up. You'll cry. You remember the Native American littering commercial where the guy would just look out <laughs> over and one tear would roll? Okay. Uh, let's talk about Houston. They're going to deliver the city of Houston now that Texas is leaving, right? 78th in viewership last year. 242,000 viewers on average. Texas 4A high school state championship games double that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Who's the number one... Product in Houston, the Texas Longhorns, the Texas A&M Aggies, the SEC Game of the Week, that's number three, LSU-Bama, Auburn versus Mississippi, whatever. That's the fact. And if Ohio State's playing Michigan, God help you, you're number five that week. So the realities of the Big 12 and the nonsense that people like this guy spout, what, Texas doesn't have a financial, or you know the resources that uh, Texas has at their disposal – yeah, we're about to triple our freaking revenue in the next decade, guy. The Big 12 just signed a six-year deal for $2.2 billion. Part of that was sweetened, by the way, to allow Texas and OU to leave. The networks took that as a lost leader, just like they did 10 years ago when they bribed Texas to stay in the Big 12. They overpaid Iowa State. They overpaid Kansas State to keep the, the league intact, right? They also gave us the little Longhorn Network sweetener, $15 million a year. The SEC, the Big Ten, same tr same timeline, roughly. They just signed a seven-year, $7 billion contract. So when the Big 12 comes up in 2031 and they don't have their little Longhorn floaties on and they get thrown in the deep end, there's not going to be any lifeguards. You're going to have to be buoyant on your own, Big 12. And unless you can pull the coup of letting the Pac-12 self-destruct fully, and unless you can pull some real states with real well, even if you can let them self-destruct, you're not going to gain any viewership. Well, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, that's far more robust than any native Big 12 school right now than other than BYU, 
possibly TCU in a great year. TCU, to their credit, I'm not sending strays at TCU. They've done an amazing job given their, their history and their background, their resources. Small private school, they've done an amazing job. They can't be the, the, the leader of your conference in terms of revenue, eyeballs, TV sets, demography. The other part that's not even covered, who are the human beings that fed these other Big 12 programs? Texas football recruits. And why was that possible? Because you're on in Texas television sets. And because you play Texas, they're going to get viewed by mom and dad. You can go play at Kansas. You can go play at Iowa State or Kansas State. That's all going to go away. Those second and third tier Texas players ain't going. They're going to Ole Miss, baby. That's The state of Texas was the great prize, Bobby. Second most populous state, the most fervent state for football if you adjust for a population and demography and fervor, right? 29 million people, Bobby. Texas, Texas A&M. And number three, you can't even see it on the graph. Georgia is the number eighth state in the, in the country in population and growing with a rocket. Uh, Florida is now no, uh, number three, right? Just past New York a year ago. Tennessee, where you currently reside, Bobby, the strongest, fastest growing state in the country, if you, if you look at the, the latest articles. South Carolina, growing. Kentucky, growing. Missouri, growing. Kansas? The second, tool, the second school in Oklahoma State? The only demography, the only regional television market that the new Big 12 in 2024 that they'll control in the state of Texas, Bobby, is Lubbock. 330,000 people, the 11th biggest viewership population cluster in the state of Texas. You think they're going to control Dallas, Houston, Centex? You think Baylor controls Centex? You think any of them control San Antonio? Get out of here. Grow up. Jesus. <laughs> Like, let the adults talk. <laughs> All right. I, I, Paul, uh, that was quite the quite the diatribe and a soliloquy, I guess, is a better term. Hey, I, I want to say, I want to take you to this. Uh, Paul Wadlington, my friend, thinking Texas football. Uh, I want to ask you about something Chris Del Conte had to say. First, I want you to say thanks to our sponsor uh, for this show. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to break up this wrestling promo that I'm cutting right now. I'm coming to the Fieldhouse Coliseum. I'm coming for you, Wiser. Uh, let's talk about a guy who is also, well, currently rated number one on Amazon is Thinking Texas Football and for sports football and coaching. So please tell Coach Curtis, uh, or sorry, tell me Coach Irwin that he has to call me coach from now on since I've got a bestseller on Amazon. You got but it. If you also want to go about a guy's number one, that's Gabe Winslow. He's the number one mortgage guy in the state of Texas. We love Gabe's support. And all of our people who have called Gabe have raved about the service they've received from him. Really sharp guy. Uh, he's probably really enjoying my rant night right now on multiple levels, both as a fan, but also laughing at his buddy. But Gabe Winslow is the guy you should call. He's, he's a really sharp one-stop shop for your mortgage solutions. 832-557-1095. All right. Uh, Paul, let's go take this to a second level here. Um, I felt it was interesting how that came about, that, that conversation with Tim Weiser came about and what he said, uh, juxtaposed to with what Chris Del Conte said earlier this week on Tex on, in the video here on, on Texas football. Yeah. You know, Chris was like, let's embrace the hate, but let's exit with class. Um, it's going to be hard. Let's, yeah, let's focus on going out the right way. 
Um, and that means all of our focus on 2023. Okay. Um, in speaking with Del Conte, you know, one of the things I felt was very evident is he's, he's got some concern about this. You don't want your team or your coaches looking ahead. Said they had a, a team or, or excuse me, a coaches uh, meeting, offsite meeting uh, last week, all 20 of the coaches together at one time. Um, and one of the main points was, hey, we got to live this year. We got to win this year. Everybody's excited about the, the, the SEC. Every single coach on campus is. But, you know, how do you – do you think that's the right tact for Texas? There's some of that that I, I completely agree with that, but I don't see how you're, you're able necessarily to focus. And if, if that's the case, how is Texas going to stop themselves from thinking ahead? I mean, because I, I get into that myself as, as a, uh, a guy that reports on it. Well, look, I, I wrote, a, I think, a really good preview for the Texas football season, the Big 12 this year. And I opened with an essay talking about why we moved to the SEC in 2024. That said, if we want to move to the SEC productively and in the best possible way, we need to use this last year in the Big 12 as a springboard to that. You, you need to have a big year. You need to kick ass. You need to have a good recruiting class. You need to, to, to really take names on the field. And then also, I don't think we should shy away from throwing this guy's quotes up right before we play Kansas State. You know, we'd rather lose to Alabama than lose to Kansas State. Well, we haven't lost to Kansas State in six years, guys. So let's make it seven. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that's the approach you should have. But look, this team, I think they look back at last year. They know they went eight and five. They're eight and five because of 25 points, right? That's usually you don't go eight and five because you're, you, you, you could have gone undefeated with 25 more points on the school scoreboard in certain games. That's usually not the case when you're eight and five football team. So I think they know how close they were. I think they're focused. I think they're a lot more experienced at key positions. And I think that's going to help. As far as the fans and our noise, it kind of doesn't matter. I think we may overestimate our impact. The team needs to be its own little locker room. And it needs to have its inner circle. And the coaches need to control that. But I also think Sark, I think he was open and upfront about the fact that, hey, we're picked to win the Big 12. Here's five articles saying we're the favorite. Here's five articles saying why Texas will choke. Here's five articles saying why Texas won't get it done. I think you expose them to both and say, this is what's being said. It's all irrelevant. We're about to go play Rice. Let's go prep for Rice. Let's kick their ass and let's go play the next team. I think that's the way you have to have it approached in the locker room. I did think Sark also addressed some of this narrative because that's what a lot of this nonsense is. It's just mindless narrative, a completely devoid of fact, like what he was saying about Texas would rather lose to Alabama, whatever. Uh, Sark said, hey, you know, we haven't been picked to win the Big 12 since 2009. And, and you have it in the average fan's head or the average media person's head, apparently, that Texas has win to, picked to win the Big 12 every year and somehow fails to do so. The fact is that Texas hasn't been picked to win the league in, since 2009, and they, they did that year. Uh, they've been picked to win it, or they've been picked to finish third and fourth a lot. Uh, they've been picked to finish third and finish fifth. Uh, they've been picked to finish fifth and finish second. So uh, no one's arguing Texas has achieved well. This has been a dark decade. But you got to realize our dark decade is Iowa State's halcyon years. So you know, it's, it's levels of programs, right? So I think Texas is going to be focused. I think they're going to be focused on going out uh, with a little bit of swagger and a little bit of anger 
And I think I don't think they're going to be distracted about the SEC and the potential in 2024. I think they want to get after the opponent that's in front of them every week. Uh, last week, one last topic uh, for today, uh, Paul, that I want to get, gather and talk to you about. Uh, I spoke uh, to uh, the guys that were at the uh, Big 12 media days this week. Um, and you and I talked last week about the offensive position groups and we kind of ranked them, right? Well, one of the ones we ranked so high, just about every offensive position group was Kansas. Yes. Um, I came away not only from that conversation with you, but I went into media days thinking, okay, what do they have? What do they really have on offense? Um, Leaving media days, I am more convinced than ever that they're going to be really, really good on offense. Um, Not only do they return Jalen Daniels and the running back and the receivers, they return most of their starting offensive line, their their tight end. Uh, They've added some offensive linemen from the portal that they like as kind of backup, key backup guys. Uh, I would tell you that that uh, of all the schools that I saw and heard from him there, I'm more impressed with Kansas now coming in and out of media days than, than I was beforehand. Just yeah, I, I think you probably also saw Lance Leipold, right? I love him. Uh, he's love an impressive him. guy. I, I think the state of Kansas, forgetting all the nonsense from Kansas State former administrators and morons, Chris Kleiman's a stud coach. Leipold's a stud coach. The Sunflower State has never had coaching so good, uh, at least in football. Uh, it's very impressive. And uh, I think Kansas's offense is loaded. Look, spoiler alert, I picked Kansas to have a winning record in the Big 12. I make conference predictions. I, I explain why. I go deep in depth. Now, I am going out on a limb because I'm predicting a marginal increase in defensive uh, performance, which they have to get. Their defense was horrific last year and i'm also predicting health which is a huge deal for them um, not so much on offense although they want to stay healthy there but on the offensive line in particular and also just anywhere on the defense they've got a good transfer from colorado state who's going to help them on the, the front line with some run stopping devin phillips he's a 36 game starter for the rams he was a good player there any kind of player like that is going to improve them incrementally here's a little heads up and i mentioned this in my preview they play, they play Brett Bielema and Illinois in September. I think September 8th. Illinois is all smash mouth all the time. It's the new Wisconsin. Watch how Kansas plays against Illinois in terms of physicality. Just don't even pay attention to the score necessarily. But if they're more physical, Kansas might fulfill my expectation that they're going to surprise and actually have a winning conference record. Uh, if they don't, they're going to have to outscore everybody every week. Uh, which they can do to some people, but it's going to be tough when they play the big boys. They're going to get manhandled. A thinner margin of error if that's your only way out. Yes. Right. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, Paul Wadlington, make sure you try to buy uh, Thinking Texas Football uh, at some point, available on Amazon, Smashwords, and other places. That's Thinking Texas Football by Paul Wadlington. All right, Paul, that'll do it for this week. Uh, another Saturday conversation down. Right. Only two more weeks. Until the guys are back at practice for fall fall camp. Uh, for Paul, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's On Texas Football.